Goldthorpe is number one. A kickstart for Australia. Gold in a world record. Now it's Donovan Bailey trying to pick up runners. Donovan Bailey is putting on the third. A perfect score, 10.0 for Nancy Cavanici, a perfect score. The first time I've never seen anyone get a over 100 years, nobody's won as many medals at the Olympic Games in any sport than this great champion, Michael Phelps. Usain Bolt, sprinting ahead, winning by daylight and setting a world record. 9.68, the wind is okay. How easy was that? It is Off the Podium, an Olympics podcast coming to you for maybe our favourite episode. It's the opening ceremony review episode of Tokyo 2020. The games are here. Yay! Celebrate. Good times. It took an extra year to get to this point and it took another year to get through the opening ceremony. That's right. It is now 2022 because that went for a little bit longer than I think we're all anticipating. It's quite late in the evening for Jared and myself and quite early in the morning for Colin. But one of us on this episode, I think, is making money. But um, (laughs) yeah, the opening ceremony just happened. And I feel we're going to have a lot to talk about on it tonight. It's going to be a very interesting episode. Whew, bit to unpack there. Uh, I just mentioned both of their names, but let's introduce them properly. It's a man who, after seeing the opening ceremony tonight, has already contacted the Australian Olympic Committee to say, we will do better in Brisbane. Just do not watch that at all. It's Jared Emu Plains Lubick. Jared, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I think Anastasia had the right idea that she wasn't going there to watch it live. Anastasia <laughs> knew. John Coates might owe her an apology at this point in time. <laughs> There's a reason why she was so disappointed that she was told she was going to the opening ceremony. It had nothing to do with her worrying about Queenslanders. She just didn't want to watch that crap. Um, also joining us on the line is a man who will be contacting the organising committee of Vancouver 2030 to say, please let me do something and don't watch that crap. It's Colin Hilding. Colin, welcome back. Yeah, and you know, the listeners can't uh, see this, but you guys can. Uh, I've already come equipped with my prop for Vancouver 2030. Uh, <laughs> You're on the I've, board. I've got my, I've got my <laughs> treadmill. <laughs> you were predicting it. That's been yeah. sitting there for months, and I'm going, oh, and then you all of a sudden you're like, Ben, this is for the Olympics. Come on. Yeah, you know, we, we put pictures, flags behind us. I've got treadmills. I'm, I'm in the spirit of the opening ceremonies here. We're all dressed up. You're wearing your Team Canada shirt. I've got my Team Canada hoodie. Jared's got his pajamas, which is probably a, a symbol for the opening ceremony. And today, I said I would only wear a medal if there's a medal winner of each of the days. But I thought maybe I can alternate when we don't have a medal winner and wear a symbolic medal. So I'm actually tonight. Not that anyone can see this. I'm wearing my Rio 2016 gold medal because I would like to take this gold medal from Rio for winning the award for worst opening ceremony I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I'm going to hand this over to Tokyo, I feel, after tonight. So uh, last time Rio can celebrate that because I'm calling this right now. That is the worst opening ceremony I have. The closing ceremony, the Gold Coast Commonwealth Games, was better than that crap. I'm sorry to start off on such a negative note, but holy crap. We had a treadmill. We had people (laughs) tap dancing on boxes. We had people moving boxes. And then we had Naomi Osaka sum up the entire opening ceremony by looking bored, lighting the cauldron. Um... Let's start with you, Colin. Uh, you at least got up early for this. Um, yeah. Regretting that decision right now? 
You know, I woke up at 4.30 just on my own. Uh, so I, I didn't even set an alarm. I'm like, I bet you I'm going to be so excited that I'm just going to wake up. And it happened. Uh, but um, it was long, uh, which <laughs> I think the one the one thing we should give them some credit for for Tokyo, and, and I know I said the same thing with Rio, the lackluster opening ceremony for Rio, they were going out of their way to say, we're not going to be spending millions upon millions upon millions of dollars or billions upon billions of dollars. We want to do an economical and we want to be responsible with these opening ceremonies. I have a feeling had this taken place a year ago, we would have seen something very different. And you got to think when they've canceled these games, rescheduled it. And now at the very last minute fired every single creative director they had because of stuff they said 25 years ago, you know, there's going to be some gaps. Uh, So I kind of applaud them for putting on what they did probably expecting that at the very last minute this could have just been pulled and not wanting to waste billions upon billions of dollars. You're so Canadian. You are so <laughs> Canadian. You're basically saying nice things about this. Jared, come on, be Australian, mate. Come on. Tell, tell us what we really think of what we saw tonight. Oh, it dragged. It was so long, but there was no content to it. <laughs> I was like, I like, I'm like, how is this going so long? And they've done nothing. It was, I like expectations were high um even if expectations had been low it would have failed um just it wasn't anything that you'd expect or like there was like hardly any traditional elements to it um it kind of moved between there wasn't enough like high-tech elements to it either um it looked like really bad high school production at certain points um well for the majority of it actually um (laughs) Yeah, it just I, there was nothing to get excited about, and some of the stuff, I think some of the best stuff was some of the stupidest stuff that it was only good because it was laughable. Yeah, I, I, I'm glad you mentioned the high school side of it because that is definitely something I felt. And I mean, it's a it's a good point you make, Colin. Like maybe a year ago, this would have been different, uh, but it just. Is it because they had to fire the creative director behind it? Like all of a sudden they just go, oh, scrap everything he did. Let's just quickly, uh, what was the backup plan? Boxes. Uh, um, boxes, more boxes. Um, pictograms yeah. are important. Let's take 20 minutes showing people do pictograms. That's exciting. Um, uh, I don't know. Uh, a treadmill. A treadmill. There we go. That will be the star of this. Make a treadmill. <laughs> I mean, the creative director may have copywritten everything that was planned. And this is just, oh, we got four days, guys. What, what are we going to do? I've got a treadmill in my basement. Yes, bring it in. We'll work it. And uh, the one thing, I'll be a little less Canadian here. The one thing I'm going to say is you, they use the video game music. But unless I blinked and missed something, could they not have gotten like a cheap $40 Mario or Sonic costume? Like th- that's something that everybody was expecting. Yeah, I mean, God, the Prime Minister wore it, like, five years ago. Like, Sonic, there's a movie since then. Like, where's Sonic? Like, Pikachu, like, something. Like, I mean, okay, they might be, oh, it's closing through and it's more fun. But, I mean, the tone of this was kind of a bit fun and silly when they did stuff. Like, as you said, Jared, like, nothing happened. Like, I've already seen the headlines now that Treadmill Guy is, or was it a girl? <laughs> treadmill Person. Girl. Girl is like it depends trending. on which country's commentators are telling you. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm I'm wearing the Canadian stuff tonight, so I'm confusing genders. But um, <laughs> yeah, like treadmill girl is trending. Um, I mean, we wanted our Nikki Webster, Jared, treadmill girl, who apparently is a boxer who didn't qualify. 
because her world ranking wasn't high enough. So basically they've gone, oh, well, that sucks. Would you like to be in the opening ceremony? Oh, yeah. Do you want me to like light the cauldron? Like, what do you want me to do? You can run on a treadmill. <laughs> okay. Sounds exciting. I mean, like, I just didn't get it. I didn't get the point of the treadmill and what is it because of the COVID times and, oh, let's all, you know, do this. Obviously, the traditional elements of Japan are clearly Imagine, a very traditional Japanese song. Um, <laughs> very glad they included that. Uh, also, very traditional Japanese elements, including Susan Boyle, which was also very nice to have Susan Boyle involved. Uh, very favourite person of Japan. Um, they were they paid homage to Sydney 2000 with the tap dogs, with the tap dancing. One person this time around, rather than an entire stadium dancing on corrugated iron. Uh, and they, at least they recycled the boxes because then they just moved them around a little bit, which was kind of cool. Um, and then I think it turned into the Tokyo 2020 bid video because it was like, hey, these are our venues where we will host things. And <laughs> hey, these are the sports we'll have, which took about five hours to show. I mean, again, the Brisbane bid video from a few days ago, I think, was better. And they could have showed that at the opening ceremony. I, Jared, I don't know why we, the other day, were like, please let it be good. Like, I mean... It has slowly gotten worse since Rio. Like, Rio, we I remember coming on and we're like, oh, that was kind of crap. Pyeongchang, yeah, that was kind of crap. This is, like, just beyond ridiculous. I, I'm sorry to be so negative still, but, like, I'm, I'm calling this the worst opening ceremony I've ever watched in my life. The whole just tone of everything as well. Like, I understand that, like, obviously the games have been super difficult to, to put on. COVID such, like, a huge factor. But do we have to dwell on it so much? Yeah, exactly. Like, we like, knew it was a thing from so many, like, other elements of, like, the athletes wearing masks, the um, teams being kind of less people in the stadium, no crowd. Like, it was ob- it's so obvious that we just needed that little clip, like, at the start where it got to kind of, like, um, 2020 and then, like, it slowed down. And then that was, like, enough reference. I didn't yeah. need the whole first half to just be about people, the guy on the treadmill and we're we're far apart but we're closer than we've ever been and just it was just like a real down and i think too like it's compounded by the fact of like sydney like being like in lockdown at the moment it's just like i was looking forward to this great like escapism of the opening ceremony and then it just like brought everything back of like oh that's right we're, we're that's still a, here and we haven't gone anywhere well and that's exactly it i think you mentioned before like the traditional elements like I, the thing i love about an opening ceremony is celebrate the country we're watching the culture and like for, for a country like Japan that, okay, we had uh, Nagano in 1998, and I vaguely remember that. I mean, that had sumo wrestlers from memory. Like, it had, like, traditional costumes and, like, the real traditional Japanese music. And, like, if, you know, people don't really tune into the winter ones as much, like, haven't had a Summer Olympics in, what, 50, more than 50 years, 60 years nearly. So, like, it's a perfect opportunity to showcase, you know, Japan to the world. What traditional things did we have? Like, it was, it we- was, it was, there was nothing, was there? I think there is the geisha-like costumes thing near the end, which was the briefest segment they had. But I think what's more frustrating is that I'd have to go back and watch it, but I swear that the Tokyo preview that we got at the end of um, the previous Mm. Olympics showed more of the the Japanese culture. And that's kind of why I had this expectation we'd be getting a lot of Japan in there. I don't know whether including a lot of these random things like Imagine and, you know... (laughs) very non uh, Tokyo things, non Japanese things is again to placate the, the larger audiences and other sides of the world. But if that's the case, that's not what I tune in for. I yeah. do want to see this country. I want every Olympics to feel unique. And Rio did have as it did. low, it, as small as it was, it yeah. felt like it was Rio. It felt like in this hindsight. was 
Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, I was going to say that because, like, we bagged that out. But, like, you think about the um, the, the sort of the, the shanty house things they had. I mean, even Giselle walking in the middle of the stadium was a bit iconic. Like, the tree, like, the environmentalist stuff kind of annoyed me at the time. But now that looks brilliant. Like, yeah. even Pyeongchang where it was kind of like, where's Sai? Where's this? Where's that? But they still kind of had, like, some cool Korean elements. Like, that that is what, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I tune in to see that about the country. And, like, Jared, as you said, like, this was touted as the moment that's going to bring the world back together. And they just seem to, like, yeah, just kind of give themselves a blowjob a little bit too much. Like, oh, the world's all together right now. Like, yeah, okay, great, sure. But show me Japan. Like, I want to see this technological marvel that is Japan. And and who cares if you bring back, you know, more geishas, more Mount Fuji, more sumos, like traditional things. Like, it's kind of a thing in Australia, and we kind of called this back for Gold Coast, that you're going to have your an indigenous sort of music and nod to the land and... Yeah, okay, it might get a bit repetitive, but there's a reason for it. Like, I mean, that's who we are as Australians. Like, that's where we're from. We're That's our traditional owners of the land and all that kind of stuff. Like, we celebrate that, and we'll get that in Brisbane in 11 years' time, calling it now. It's on, you know, and same with Canada, Colin. Like, in Vancouver, they, you know, celebrated the, the native people as well, and I'm sure they'll do that if Vancouver gets the games mm-hmm. again. It's like, it's, it's what you do. I mean, America can maybe get it away a little bit more with it because they get it so often. Like, LA is going to be a little bit different to when Atlanta had it because you traditionally, you know, the area. But yeah, it's, it's, uh, I mean, treadmill girl. Like, I I did not (laughs) think we'd be sitting here talking about a woman on a treadmill. Um, I, I, Jared, were there any, I mean, we'll obviously mainly talk, I think, a lot about sort of some of the elements from our broadcast, a lot more so when it comes to the Parade of Nations. But, um, I have to ask the question. Now, you, I think, alluded to that we were getting a few of the SBS commentators to sort of come over to bring that cultural diversity to Channel 7. Now, I, I, I'm sorry, I don't know the name of the, the lady that we had tonight. I, I don't know if you have her name or not. She seemed very informative, great. But, I mean, is this just a Channel 7 thing? That it's like, let's get someone on to talk about their family. Because I swear all she did was, oh, I'm so emotional right now because I'm from Japan and my family are from Japan and this is an emotional moment. That flag means a lot to my family. And then when the head of the organising committee was speaking, she kind of translated it. But then it all just sort of became me, me, me. I'm so happy that I'm Japanese and this is such a proud moment. Like, I mean, is that what they're trying to do? Like, let's bring in SBS over here because they talk about their family and that's what we do here at Channel 7. We only care more about the family rather than what's happening in front of us. Yeah, it was an odd one. I feel like she was there to, like, provide, like, the history of, like, the culture. But, like, she wasn't needed to do that because it wasn't in the ceremony. I think she had one moment where she talked about kind of, like, the traditional clothing and this that whatever else but apart from that she had nowhere else to go except for like like you say I'm so proud of this blah 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 this that whatever else um then completely just disappeared for the parade of nations yeah she was gone <laughs> and then came, came back to translate it was really odd and I think I suppose they were expecting that she'd have more of a role in explaining stuff but there just wasn't any moment where it was like we need an explanation for anything because everything was just so straightforward and obvious. And that's what I like about watching an opening ceremony and, and it would have been unique to watch it in a different country. Is like, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming all broadcasters are given a similar script. Like this is what you're seeing. So explain this to your audience. And I feel that there was no explanation needed for anything. Like, you know, Hamish, Joe and Bruce were kind of bored. 
Like, I mean, they're in their element when it comes to the Parade of Nations, and we'll get to that. But I, I don't know. Like, there was nothing for them to talk about. Colin, I don't know if it was the same for the CBC broadcast. Like, I mean, how were your broadcasters when it came to discussing the things that we were seeing with Treadmill Girl and Imagine and box Boxes and Boxes? <laughs> All the boxes. Oh, he's gone. All right, never mind. Um, we will say that Colin, uh, in all seriousness, is hard at work, so he may uh, be dropping in and out tonight. We'll get that. Um, a couple of the other ones, though. I, 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 that pictogram thing was cool in principle. Like, I kind of like that. That you know, that was kind of a nod back to Tokyo '64. But God, that went on forever. <laughs> like when you see in the corner, it said fifty. I'm thinking there's like 33 sports. What's going on here? And then it took like half an hour, didn't it? Yeah, actually, that was my favourite moment of the opening ceremony. They were far and few between, but it was the type of thing that you would expect to see on like a TikTok or something. Maybe yeah. not something that makes it to the over. It felt it. That moment felt very Commonwealth Games. Yeah. Um, I was impressed by the guy's ability to remember. He had that stumble early on with the badminton, but then uh, <laughs> came back from that, so that was good. Um, but the fact that that, something that was really lame for a, a better want, want of a better word, was a highlight of the, of the ceremony and just yeah. goes to show that there was nothing else that was innovative or cool or cultural. It was just, yeah, really bland throughout. And you just, you got to wonder, like, you know, were these things added this year rather than last year because it's kind of that COVID element where it's more of a TV thing. And I mean, the opening ceremony is almost turning into more of a TV thing now uh, in general with technology. But, um, you know, there was even thinking to like Treadmill Girl and then thinking to the things that we saw with the boxes and that, like there was no grandiose, like big section of the of the opening ceremony where you've got people, you know, with big props and all this kind of stuff. Like, I mean, again, in Rio, you had like the tree and the big boxes and things like that that looked spectacular and would have been amazing in the stadium. So you wonder if they did scale it back. I mean, sort of on the video stuff, like I didn't mind it when before the Parade of Nations when you had the orchestra and I kind of like how they like would cut to like, they would sort of cross between the musical instruments playing and like the sports, like when you had the conductor put their arms out, they kind of did the diver, like kind of it was, that was a cool little thing the way they did that. Um, yeah, but I, I don't know. I mean, Colin, we were just sort of loosely talking about the pictogram section that went on forever. And the question I think I asked you just before you, you left to earn some real money uh, was um, your commentators, like how they were sort of, were they struggling to explain the things we were seeing outside of the Parade of Nations? Like, oh, he's boxers again. Uh, no, actually, I think they did. They did too good of a job. Um, <laughs> they may have been making up half of what they said, but during the, um, the wooden um, uh, Olympic logo arch or whatever, uh, one of the commentators was talking about, uh, you know, the type of wood they use and all the symbolism and everything. Cause obviously they get pointers. Uh, and then there was just a silence. The other commenters, yeah, you, um, wow. Your, your explanation of that wood was so solid that, uh, wow, it's making me homesick and I'm in <laughs> Toronto now. And I'm like, where are you from? <laughs> Traditional home of wood, Toronto. Um, <laughs> I had to go back and I'm like, uh, like, you know, what type of wood is this? You know, what's the smell of it? They didn't go into the details of the smell. Mm, I, 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 could, I could feel it. I could smell. I could taste it right now. You need to send us a clip. It would have only been topped if they had to turn around and go, hmm, yes, great explanation. Um, you're really giving me some good wood right now. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> 
it's so Canadian. I, I'm so sad I'm not there anymore. I just want to hear your comments. Thanks, Jess. Yes, absolutely. I really feel that right now. Um, <laughs> I actually, I mean, one thing, I, I thought that was cool with the rings, like that um, at least one of the rings or all the rings were from wood, from seeds of trees that were planted during 1964, which was kind mm-hmm. of a cool little touch. Like I, I like things and like that. I, I don't know if you've heard the story at all, but they, they're – they're getting athletes to plant seeds now so that they can use these for the next time Tokyo has the Olympics. So they're already looking forward to their next opening ceremonies. (laughs) They made a joke about that too. At one point they said, it's like, yeah, you know, we might be seeing, uh, we might be seeing this make its return in 2057. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Obviously another big talking point, the the drones, that was cool. Um, And, I, I know they kind of did a similar thing during the Super Bowl, uh, whatever year that was, when Lady Gaga performed, and I think they kind of basically said, oh, this was pre-recorded, so that wasn't live. But this looked live. This, I mean, if that was not live, then they did a very good job with the editing. I mean, Jared, it was good to see Australia on that that world. That was great. But, uh, I mean, yeah, that, it's cool when you can actually do that. Well, this was like the one moment where, like, Japan's touted for, like, their tech savviness. And this was kind of the moment where we got like a little glimpse at it. Um, not in the expected way I was thinking robots or this, that, whatever else. Um, but yeah, it was definitely cool to look at. Uh, we'd seen similar, was it Pyeongchang? But that yeah, was more Pyeongchang of a video, too, I think. didn't they? Yeah. Um, but this, yes, this just looked really impeccable. Colin, did you, did you notice Canada on that map? I think they focused very much on Australia. I didn't see the other side of the world. So thank you, Japan. I- we appreciate it. If they did, I missed it because I also spotted Australia, but not Canada. <laughs> I think Tasmania might have even been on that, so they did well. So um, that that was pretty cool. Um, I mean, we mentioned Imagine. I, I kind of like the the world sort of. I mean, I think I got spoiled. I, I was I caught a uh, overheard the news this morning. And I heard them say like, oh, and Keith Urban's going to be part of the opening. I'm like, well, yeah, traditional Japanese artist. But obviously they got kind of all the content. I mean, Colin, I tweeted out saying disappointed Nickelback didn't get the nod for the Americas. <laughs> uh, they, they got John Legend. I mean, they could have gotten worse. But um, that was, uh, I mean, that song's just, I mean, it's not a bad song. It's just, it's kind of done. I think death, it's a bad it? song. Yeah, that, that's bad song? my point. Well, it's exactly for the reason you said. It's so overdone. And I, I, it's one of these songs that I think by the time I was five or six years old, I already was like, can I just never hear this song again, please? Like, I'm done with it. it I, I like the idea of them doing that, but I feel like maybe if we had had more Japanese content and then that was just something tacked on in the end, it would have been a little bit more acceptable. Uh, I, I did want to say, I don't know whether, uh, you know, I'm going to get yelled at by two Australians here, but... Uh, is there anything left of Keith Urban's real face? Like, I think he is the most plastic-looking man I've ever seen. I, I, I'm not even entirely sure he's human at this point. He gets it from his wife. Like, I think it just melts <laughs> yeah. when they kiss. Um, made for he, each other. <laughs> look, I mean, I'm not personally. Say what you want about Keith Urban. I think we had 101 different better options that we could have had. Jared, I don't know where you stand on the Keith Urban fandom. I mean, I don't hate the guy, but it's just like, Keith Urban was our choice. Okay. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, who was that crappy band we sent to Eurovision this year? Surely they might have even been a better choice, right? Yeah, it's just weird to pick somebody to represent Oceana who, like, doesn't even live here for half the year. Yeah. He was actually born (laughs) in New Zealand, true fact. So we just stole him. So, yeah. Yeah, it's weird. But um, it's... 
Uh, I mean, we were sort of talking off air that there's uh, Channel 7 and now got the rights to The Voice and he's a judge on The Voice. I mean, Guy Sebastian's a judge on The Voice. Like, Colin loves his Guy Sebastian. So, you know, he was a star of the Commonwealth Games a few years ago. So, you know, why not get a bit of Keith? I actually like the uh, the, the African representative. She seemed cool. I want to hear more of her. I like her. Um, obviously, uh, we talk about the torch a little bit and then we can talk about the best bit about the whole ceremony the uh the flags and the countries and all the goodies goodies that come from that uh i mean jared we sort of loosely implied naomi you were a bit skeptical uh i think it kind of got given away a little bit this afternoon when her match got moved to sunday and people are like, oh that's a little bit interesting um yeah i mean as a, as the tennis man on this podcast i mean were you were you disappointed were you excited i mean bit of pressure bruce called it the kathy moment like is it the kathy moment now all the pressures on naomi i don't think so it just I, I just wasn't expecting it and then i was like well of course it would happen after i said <laughs> yesterday no she's not it's not going to be her uh, it would look really bad for her and really hypocritical if she's mentioned like her anxiety and stuff. And then all of a sudden she's lighting the cauldron at the Olympics um, where she proved me wrong. Um, I just think it's an odd choice because, because of what I said, but then also she just does always have this expression where I, I assume it's down to her nerves, but she just always looks really like unimpressed. And yeah. I, I think it's just her being nervous and self-conscious, but Surely somebody would know that. And everybody else along the relay looked like so excited and happy to be there. And then it gets to her and her face just so like deadpan, zero expression at all. It's just, it, yeah, it's just an odd choice to me. Put it earlier on in the relay, not as the person lighting the cauldron. Are you a big fan of Naomi Collin? I mean, I know you, so you do like tennis, so I don't know how much you follow her outside of the Canadians. I I'm, a, I'm aware of her. I wouldn't necessarily like I'm a big fan or anything. Uh, I've got no issues with her. Uh, for me, I'm just, I'm thinking that they, they showed so many other, oh, this athlete competed in these games, this athlete competed in this game. And traditionally, you don't get somebody who's still competing to light the cauldron. You'll always get, you know, like Muhammad Ali, right? Or Wayne Gretzky or somebody like that. Like it, It's just, I, I can't think of many Olympics where they got Sydney somebody 2000. who- <laughs> Sid, who, who did it in Sydney? Kathy Freeman. Iconic. Okay, well, yeah. But but for the most part, the whole idea is you're getting the most iconic person you can, who's kind of paying tribute to somebody from the past. Whereas Naomi Osaka, that would have been like, okay, this is our flag bearer, not necessarily somebody lighting the cauldron. I and I'm pretty sure Athens. Do they not have their really famous? Was it their hurdler littered as Hercules well? did it in Athens? Hercules, Sydney. of course, Hercules <laughs> did. But uh, I mean, I mean, look, I, I'm sure it was the big talk in in Canada in the lead up to Vancouver, like who's going to light it, everything. I mean, it was. I remember just the absolute, uh, just all the secrecy and all the who was going to light the cauldron, like in in Sydney. And I don't even like Jared. I don't know if you remember much about it, but I, I never remember them talking about Kathy. Like they were kind of talking about how like oh it's going to be a nod to to the women because it's like 100 years since women competed in the olympics and that's why all our final athletes in the in that were females and i, I think people talk like dawn fraser like shane gould like all you know these iconic betty cuthbert but i mean kathy was an interesting one because yeah colin as you said it's generally kind of never an athlete and people talked up this pressure but i mean you know you talk about iconic australian olympic moments kathy freeman's up there i mean she lit the cauldron and then won the gold a week later so i mean kind of it was a it was a it was a big thing, um, but actually, I didn't mind. Like, 
I, I'm always, I like the moment when the torch gets, the cauldron gets lit because obviously it's, you know, pretty. Yeah. And I kind of like the Mount Fuji and how it turned into that sort of, was it like a flower or a petal or something like that? Like, Colin, I mean, you know, uh, obviously it's not, no Vancouver where one of them didn't work. You only had one this time around. But uh, <laughs> did you like the sort of the moment when it got lit and kind of the, the cauldron itself? Yeah. And, you know, I think there are so many things about these opening ceremonies that whether it's reasons of, you know, uncertainty or are you being a year pushed back? You could tell I mean, the cauldron lighting felt like this is a big Olympic moment still. So for me, that was one of the few parts of this where it didn't feel like this was a scale back year. And really, Jared, you said it earlier, you kind of want this as an escape. And I felt like there was way too much of remind whether it was commentary or just in the, the way the ceremony was structured, reminding people, hey, it's a COVID year where, you know, we understand that's going on, but like, let us feel like this is worth our vacation. Come on, I'm on vacation here. I, I booked my vacation for this, you know? Uh, but the cauldron itself looks fantastic. The the lighting ceremony was good. Whether or not Naomi had any expression on her face. <laughs> Again, we tweeted a picture of her, like summed up the opening ceremony very well. Uh, Jared, what, what was your take on just the cauldron lighting itself? I think the cauldron was super impressive, particularly because beforehand, before it was lit, I thought it looked I don't know, a bit odd. Uh, like it didn't look like it was going to be anything impressive, but the way that it opened up, uh, it ended up looking amazing. So, um, yeah, I, I agree. It feels, feels feels like that was the part that they'd spent all their time and effort and money on to get right, <laughs> and then the rest was just an afterthought. And they're doing uh, a tradition that Vancouver started and Rio continued, of course. The the cauldron itself won't be in the stadium. They put it sort mm-hmm. of like a public area, which apparently has been like blocked off. The public can't even still see it. So uh, <laughs> I, I love the fact that, that that's kind of the case there. I will say that like to add to the 500 hours that we did get put up with the, the opening ceremony, they did have to choose the slowest final torch bearers ever. Like, I mean, I'm not trying to bag out those baseball players, but holy crap, like... They mustn't have many got many runs if that's how fast they ran back in the day. Um, so, I like the torch. The torch is a cool looking torch. I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll just say the torch. I'm putting this out there now. We should have mentioned this the other day, Jared. 2032, Jared, you and I are nominating each other to be torch bearers at the Brisbane Olympics. Like I've I've run with the Commonwealth Games baton. I was a Queen's baton runner, so I've got that on my resume. Jared, we're gonna we're gonna bump up your resume in 11 years, and I want to hand you the torch. We're gonna we're gonna no, hand no, it no. off to each other. No, no, no. It only, we can only send one. So what we're going to do is Ben versus Jared in a 400-meter race around the track. Oh, Winner gets four hundred. torch. God. Well, choose 800. That's my speciality. I'm, I'm more of a long-distance <laughs> long one. Uh, before we get to the Prater Nations, I'm thrilled to see here on Twitter the trending topics in Australia right now. Nikki freaking Webster is trending right now in Australia. Jared... I mean, look, uh, that that makes it a better night for me right now. Nikki Webster is trending. That that's that's a win for the opening ceremony right there. It's true. We've put it out there for 2032, and this just the hype train's building already. You know, what's hilarious is that I did see recently she like went on a radio show and like they interviewed her and like, would you be available? And she said, absolutely. I interviewed Nikki Webster like 11 years ago, and when we we're doing the Hobart Olympic bid, I asked her the same question. She said. Absolutely. Like, I, I love you, Nikki. Like, you're an icon of Australia, but I think you're just kind of a bit impatient. You're just waiting for an Olympics to happen, so that's your one job that you have. Um, Prater Nations, always fun, usually around the commentary. Colin, I want to start with you um, when it comes <laughs> to CBC because uh, 
obviously Jared and I are not uh, watching the Canadian ones. I, I, I did message you in our chat, which I want you to talk about this. There was a moment where even I saw there were people on Twitter complaining in Canada about a moment which was connected to Australia. But, I mean, yeah. was that the only faux pas? Because I, oh, no. I think there was another one that they were calling a discus thrower, like a hammer thrower or something like that. There's a few mistakes I think there were. I, I missed that. Um, for me, talking on the whole downer moment, I mean, I, I sort of messaged you guys that the Canadian commentators are trying very hard to be woke, which um, backfired on them because I don't know whether anybody got the news release that countries were given the option of selecting two flag bearers and not that they were obligated to choose both a man and a woman. Now, unfortunately, this came up where the United Arab Emirates came out and uh, the same commentator who we'll talk about with the uh, the man and woman mix up was like, hmm, interesting that uh, they only chose a man <laughs> to carry the flag. Yeah, they had the option for a woman, but uh, nope, they're going only with men. I looked it up. They have one woman on the United Arab Emirates team of only six people this time around. <laughs> and she doesn't compete till the 30th. And they have a five-day hold where you can only arrive not longer than five days. She's not even there. <laughs> Were they going to dress up one of the other guys as a woman? And then they decided to bring it up when Yemen came out. So they're like, oh, yeah, Yemen again. Only only going with uh, only going with the man. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Now, this is followed by about a dozen nations with only a female flag bearer or a dozen more that only have a male. And at that point, obviously, it had caught on. Yeah, you know what? Um, this actually is, is is not an expectation. You have to do this. This is an option. But, of course, at that point, they had already called out the two Middle Eastern nations as being <laughs> sexist for not putting up a woman when there was nobody to put up. Wow. Wow. Um Good old Canada. But there, tell us about the other faux pas directly okay. related to Australia. So I, I do have the audio. I don't know if you if you want, you can cut it out. If there's some copyright infringement here, ah, I doubt fuck there it. is. We play, the, <laughs> we play John Williams' score at the beginning of this. Come on. We had Thomas Bach the other day what? at the beginning announcing Brisbane. Let's hear this. Whether whether or not you guys can hear this, if it's loud enough, let's see. Uh, how do I go back here? This is perfect podcasting off the podium. <laughs> So he he calls out and says, and Australia deciding to go with two women. <laughs> Patty Mills. And then well. the other commentator, the, the, the female commentator, there you go, that's how you do it. Yeah, applauding it. <laughs> Meanwhile, there's a I'm man laughing. clearly on the screen. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm laughing. And Jamie's in the other, like, Jamie had left, right? And then by the time you'd brought it up, I'm like, oh, they they heard about this already. And she's like, heard about what? I'm like, about the fact that they called a, a man a woman for Australia. And she goes, no, I saw two women there. I'm like, no, you didn't. I had to rewind <laughs> back like 45 minutes at this point to show her. And she's like, I distinctly remember seeing two white women. I'm like, A, it's not a woman. And B, I don't think he's white. No, it's our <laughs> first ever indigenous at? flag bearer. Um, I just want to point People out. People still, they, they don't see race. They don't how, see gender. How the hell is somehow they still fucked up with one of the Campbell sisters involved? Somehow it still just gets fucked up. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, were, there, were there any other shows? I mean, I don't. I think Canadians are too nice to kind of point out other things. Like, uh, I mean, do you have that cool graphic like NBC do where they kind of have the little, like, this is where the, the country is in the world and the little country flag? Yeah, they'll put, like, the population of the country and all that stuff. Um, I, I mean, it did get a little bit dull after a while where, uh, similar to yours, I, I think you were commenting about how, you know, it was just on reference to a lot of the size of the countries. Here it was like, oh, and here's the flag bear for this one. They are in this sport. <laughs> just move on. <laughs> like the comment. And here's the thing. Normally these things, they're much closer together, right? Uh, they have the distancing, which is one of the reasons the ceremonies were so long this time. So there was a lot of dead air to fill. So again, I'll be the Canadian. I'll give them a, a little bit of credit uh, <laughs> for for some of the little issues. The the other part that really made me laugh, though, uh, this one that say I I feel so bad. Scott Russell, I'm gonna say that's our our head commentator. Uh, if you watched any of the Canadian um, Olympic like uh, review coverage that they did on CBC, he's the guy who hosts that. He's the lead anchor. He pretty much had an impossible job a few Olympics ago because the the guy Brian Williams who had done all of our Olympics. He even is. He even moved networks from CBC to CTV. The one time that CTV had the Olympics, and then moved right back to CBC for the next Olympics. So he had the impossible task of taking over for a legend. And I actually think he's done a good job. But man, he was not on his game tonight. So he had the slip up about hmm, sexist Middle Easterns. Yeah, <laughs> he had the slip up of calling Patty Mills a woman. Um, and then he comments, you know, and this is during the dead air filling, this beautiful stadium and. So sad that there's there's nobody in the grandstands here to enjoy it. They immediately cut to a shot of people in the stands applauding. <laughs> right after he's like, "Oh, it's beautiful here," but so sad nobody. And then just goes dead silent again. Like, oh, somebody's not giving them their 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 pre ceremony briefings or something. <laughs> One thing I want to say actually before I forget is I always bang the microphone and get so animated talking. Um, I think for the first time in our history as a podcast, we have had more listeners recently than there were at an opening ceremony of Olympic Games. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think we need to put that as a tagline, like number four feed spot po- Olympics podcast, more <laughs> listeners in the opening ceremony. That works. Um, now I've got a few things. I've written a few notes here. Some of the uh, the lovely things that were said tonight. But I want to I want to get your thoughts, Sharon. I don't know if you maybe you've got it because I, we'll talk about the costumes and a few other things all together in just a moment. But uh, Jared, any any highlights for you with Bruce, Joe, and Hamish? And kind of say, I never thought I'd say this. Kind of miss Ed Weiner tonight, Jared. I miss my friend. You know what? I think tonight. Maybe it's because the ceremony itself was so bad. But I feel like they did a better job than usual. Look, I, I, I'm not bagging them out. I, I love me Bruce. Bruce, I mean, the praise Bruce is getting online, fantastic. I, I love Joanna Griggs. I think she is fantastic. And I, I don't know if you're a big Hamish McLaughlin. I actually don't mind Hamish McLaughlin. I was at a football game once and I caught a, saw him interacting with some fans and he, he seems like a genuinely nice guy. So I, I like them. But I actually also miss Edwina Weedley. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, they, I mean, look. Besides some of these things that I've written down, they, they didn't do too badly. I will give you that. Can I just say that it would be so good if we – can they just put up a graphic that says the flag bearers and their sports? Mm-hmm. Because inevitably Bruce will be talking about something or somebody will interrupt and then they'll just miss like an entire country going through. Yep. I'm like, this is your one job that you've got to do. It's just when the country comes in, who's the flag bearer, what sport do they compete in, 
and then fill the rest of the time with like facts, but just get like that down pat. And just to solve that issue, just put up a graphic on the screen that says who they are, what sport they compete in. Which man, called- woman as well. Yeah, <laughs> gender. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I saw a lot of people tweeting the NBC graphics and they look really cool. Um, and I, I know, Jared, I know that's a sore point for you because I remember Pyeongchang, you got very animated about the fact that they, uh, they didn't do that. But... I have to say, all right, first of all, uh, I believe it wasn't just Channel 7, uh, but I think the world feed kept cutting to commercials at weird points. Like I think we missed Aruba. Just as Bruce was about to tell us about the Beach oh. Boys, they cut away. Did you get that too, Colin? No, but uh, at the point that Aruba came up was the first time. A couple of times throughout it, they would cut to a split screen where they'd be showing, oh, and here are some of the athletes who aren't able to attend tonight because obviously the countries can't yeah. send everybody. Yeah. Uh, and as they were doing that, they were talking over – as Aruba came up, I'm like, no, I was really hoping one of the Canadians would give us an Aruba Jamaica. They do that with the, like Australia. And I was a bit worried we were going to miss Canada because you guys were not far after us. And they kind of do that split screen where they're showing the Aussies walk around and kind of, and like, it wasn't as bad as it usually is. Cause when you've got the whole team out there, like they generally, you know, focus on them for a long time, but uh, okay. So I've got some good highlights here. Um, all right. Hamish McLaughlin, Iceland, the land of foreign ice. Thought that was a good one. <laughs> Um, Bruce McAvaney when talking about the United Arab Emirates. All of those tall buildings and camels that run fast. That was pretty good. <laughs> that was a nice one. Um, Joanna Griggs when it comes to Albania. Yes, they've got a history of castles, but not many Olympians. <laughs> Great. Um, you can tell Channel 7 had the rights to the cricket all of a sudden because every single country that plays cricket... Oh, Antigua Bowl, they've got some good cricketers. Oh, there's Gael, good cricketers. Oh, Sri Lanka, great cricketers. Like, Jared, like, when we talk about the tennis during Pyeongchang, well, we, they get a couple of tennis nods, but holy crap, they love their cricket tonight, didn't they? They were obsessed. Any excuse to, to bring it in, it was there. Yeah, um, yep. They might be, maybe Channel 7's part of the bid for cricket at 2032. Maybe, maybe. But when we got the tennis, like I was counting basically until Switzerland came out. Like, I think it was about 40 seconds until Roger was mentioned. Um, Denmark was about 20 seconds until Mary was mentioned. Of course, you get all that. Um, cool. And then the, their obsession with basically bagging out countries' populations. It was like, yes, and uh, the Cook Islands, here they are. You could fit their entire population into Rod Laver Arena. And then, like, was it, uh, what country, was it uh, St. Oh, what, uh, one of the countries, they were basically like, yes, and their population, smaller than Hobart. Like, it was like, yay, Hobart got a mention. Um, the other one was like, Kyrgyzstan. The lovely little fact there, the longest country's name in the world with only one vowel. Thanks. Needed to know that. That was great. Um, The great nation of uh, ROC, we found out that they're going to have their national anthem played as Tchaikovsky, which is very exciting. But the things that I loved is that Channel 7 liked to apparently just let everyone in the world know that countries have problems. That there's lots of death in the world. Like we got a we got a <laughs> montage at the beginning of the opening ceremony. Hey everyone, remember people died? Let's have a moment to remember that. Uh, so some of the the classic ones we had here um, came from the fact that Yemen. Oh, they've had a famine recently. Yep. Okay. Israel. Oh, remember all those athletes that got killed that one time at the Olympics? <laughs> Iraq. Oh, all the wars. Uganda. Oh, a lot of their athletes got COVID, so aren't here. Uh, Eritrea. Oh, a lot of war and civil war recently. 
Yep, that was pretty sad. Um, also, I like the fact that when Oman came out, the birthplace of Isla Fisher, Jared, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen's Ooh. wife. I, I'm so glad to learn these things. Um, oh, and the Seychelles, they've got problems with pirates. It's pretty sad. <laughs> well, like, yeah. did, did the Germans come up and like, unfortunately, gas a lot of people? <laughs> I was waiting for it. Like, I seriously don't know. Like, did they get the memo? Like, it's a depressing time in the world right now. <laughs> like, seriously, and then any any moment for like Australia to be like dicks to other countries, Argentina come out. Ah, oh, yeah, we thrashed them in soccer the other night. Suck it, Argentina. <laughs> like, wow. I I don't know what to say. Other than that, pretty good. Um, uh, I don't know if there was anything else there I, I, I missed with it. Um, I want to talk about the costumes. And, like, our two stars, though, um, Mr. Tonga, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to butcher his name again, uh, Mr. Peter Tafoatua, we talked about him the other day, back for his third games and loving it. But he was one up by Vanuatu with Rio Ri, a rower. He's more ripped. I mean, Jared, I mean, I wasn't expecting two shirtless Pacific Islanders tonight. That was great. It's true. It's the, the trend is catching on. Um, I don't think uh, Peter's going to be too happy about it, but um, I feel like he has more of the personality to pull it off was the yeah. one thing. <laughs> the man watching rower. Yeah, let's be honest. Like, he looked good, but uh, he'd be a boring conversation. Uh, Colin, was this like a big, like, do the Canadians go off for shirtless Pacific Islanders? Yeah, the um, again, one maybe one of these uh, double standards towards men thing. Uh, they're like, oh, obviously he's taking a cue from uh, the, the Tongan here. And it's, and then somebody else, like, yeah, I don't think any of the viewers are going to have a problem with that. <laughs> I don't know if you had one of the female flag bearers come out, you know, oiled up in a bikini if they're going to make that comment. No, just topless. But hey, I mean, yeah, they have to completely, maybe if the Tongan and the, the Vanuatu women want to follow suit, because uh, apparently none of the viewers are going to have a problem with that. I liked uh, there's a Canadian uh, CBC a reporter is a Devin Hero uh, we follow on our oh, yeah. Twitter account and he was tw- he was in the stadium tweeting a lot and he was mentioning that because it was so hot in the stadium that basically both of those guys had the right idea and that basically <laughs> all the athletes were getting bored during the speeches and let's be honest Thomas Bark we were there we we, we were still going uh, they were laying down in the stadium because they were just <laughs> like oh um, the thing that I have to mention though Bruce's commentary of uh of our Tongan friend, Mr. Peter. He started off so good. He he dropped a clanger. The insane bolt of flag bearers. Oh, like Bruce, <laughs> what a line. And then like they're talking him up. Oh, he's so good. There. Then he drops the line of, yeah, I think he's let the bod go a little bit though. Not looking too great tonight. <laughs> Just start fat shaming him. Like Jared, this is his, probably his last ever opening ceremony, but like, is he just not caring anymore? Bruce is just fat shaming Peter. Yeah, it was a bit of a low blow. It was the same as, uh, I don't know, I feel like maybe the Dominican Republic, I want to say, where there was a big height discrepancy between the flag bearers. <laughs> and then they're just going off bagging out this guy about how short he is. <laughs> Yeah, Bruce, you're not exactly, you know, Andrew Bogut yourself, mate. You're pretty short. <laughs> yeah, while we're talking about the other countries here and even height differences, um, did anybody notice the height difference of the Jamaicans? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like the, the guy was probably seven foot five and they got a five foot one lady. But uh, it, earlier in the night, um, one of the, com- the, the, the Canadian commentators had a funny comment on uh, which country was it here? Uruguay. So Uruguay comes out and they don't they don't have full control over this. Now, sometimes having two people carry a flag, not necessarily a good idea, because how do you have two people carry something that heavy? They come out in the flags all over the place. It's like they're chasing it. They're like, whoa, whoa. And they're like, whoa, it looks like Uruguay is fighting over the flag. I thought it was because of the size difference. Uh, Jamaica, they had it down. She's just like, you know what? I'm just laying a finger on the flag and letting him do the heavy lifting. The great Shelly Ann Fraser Price, Colin. Come on now. You should know her name. She's uh, the, oh, the female of well, Bolt. Come on. Greatest um, greatest hair in the Olympics. Oh, Naomi Osaka had that down too. Let's not let's not beat her English. Um I will say I my highlights of the countries as well. Argentina were fantastic when they came out and did their dance. I'm not usually one for American arrogance, but I love them coming out going, USA, USA. Why wasn't Australia, <laughs> well, Jared, doing our Aussie, 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 oi, oi, oi? Come on. What's Canada's chant like? Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Oi, oi, oi. <laughs> uh, there's also the Ugandans and the Portugal who came oh. out with the, the dancing and chanting. Yeah, I was going to uh, mention Portugal was my favourite. Yeah. Like, I don't know. The, the opening ceremonies are definitely considered more formal, but I want to see more countries break that formality because this is what's fun. It feels like in the closing ceremonies, Everybody comes out with their chants and, you know, mm-hmm. their pump up dances and stuff like that. And it really, especially in these opening ceremonies where you have to wait six minutes in between each country entering the stadium, where that's what I was entertained by. You know, I, I don't remember most of the other random countries sending out four people. Yeah. And I mean, that's, I think, I don't know if that was just because of what we've got now that obviously there's no crowd and like, you still got the people coming out with their phones going, Hey, look, look at the crowd. Um, but yeah, I mean, I loved, I love those countries that kind of went that way. Like the Portugal one was great. Like those two flag bearers were kind of doing like a whirly thing. And then all of a sudden, like <laughs> everyone was just chanting and dancing. And I think one of the other South American countries as well, I know I'm not talking about Portugal, I know they're not South American. I'm, I'm referring to Argentina. They, they had like a really great sort of like dancing going on there as well um jared mentioned i think off air was that latvia kind of had the eurovision kind of the sparkly outfits going on did you notice any of these other like you were you were quite quick to jump in there for san marino you know any other eurovision sort of connections you saw with some of the european countries uh not really i feel like it was like a little bit flat on europe's part apart from latvia um so they definitely need to up their game next time i just think the dual flag bearers is a great idea but it like colin said it's really awkward in their handling of the flag yeah and also i feel like we're in it's 2021 surely we can invent some system where the flag doesn't like wrap itself around the pole yeah like it <laughs> yeah, can't be that hard point. like put somebody on shark tank to work it out because put more starch <laughs> more starch in the wash you know mm. <laughs> if all these countries didn't have problems they could sort their flags out apparently um <laughs> Yeah, I wasn't a fan. I have to say, I wasn't a fan of the dual flag bearer thing. I just, it was awkward. It was you, just, you know, it was very awkward. Aside from even the awkwardness of nobody really knew how to carry these things together, it really does diminish who the flag bearer is because I, when you have one flag bearer, you're paying attention when they say, and this is the person, when you have to pay attention to two names and you're trying to look and they're wearing masks half the time, you're like, so which one's the guy, which one's the woman? <laughs> you just sort of lose track and. A lot of these countries that only send a half dozen athletes, you have two flag bearers for the opening, two flag bearers for the closing ceremonies. I mean, two thirds of your Olympians are going to be flag bearers. It doesn't feel special for whoever ends up carrying it. I would be all for, I don't know, maybe it's different. In Canada, long before they had this, 
I think it's always sort of been a 50-50 split, even if that's not intentional. Maybe it's just we have a, a good split of male-female athletes and recognition. But if you want to say, okay, well, if you if you you have the option, you, you can do two or you can do one male and one female for the opening and closing, just something so we don't have to have all, all the athletes in these smaller countries all getting to be flag bearers. Yeah, and this is the problem too when you do have some of these Middle Eastern countries where – it's a struggle for them because they're still very male centric. Like as you were saying, like if you've got one female athlete as who's not compete, like, I mean, it kind of, it, then automatically people are going to judge them because I'll oh, look at them. Typical Middle East and that like Canada does, yeah. like just judges them. Like, and like, look <laughs> yeah. again, on, in principle, it's a great idea, but like, yeah, I feel like Australia is kind of the same that like we, we kind of spread it around. Like, I mean, enemies was our last one and you know, kind of, it does get spread around with Lauren Jackson was, was, uh, was London, from memory um so yeah like i mean it's kind of not like a thing that like every single country has only ever sent male flag bearers like it's kind of you know they're acting like this was like the most you know sexist thing ever like it's eh, it wasn't like, two flag why not have two flags you know show the pride of two How flags you yeah well no, that's actually i thought you were saying like come up with a different flag for your country you know but, but no if you have two flag bearers they each carry their own flag yeah there's no problem with that they don't have to and, be sharing it and struggling it and fighting over it spinning around well i like this idea of like you know like one has to be your country's flag but the other could just be i don't know like the the flag of uh craft dinner like i don't know official supplier of the canadian yeah. olympic team or something <laughs> like jared we could have uh well it's not swiss anymore it's the yo bro thing like whatever it is like you know just uh have a have a flag with bruce on it like celebrate his last like give us a creative freedom jared let's get one to carry the flag and the other one to carry the sign that says what country it is there you go see like that's that's perfect like you are the flag bearer or the sign holder like that's kind of cool like i would i would appreciate that um Anything else that we're we're missing? I, I mean, uniform. I'm thinking. Uh, I like Italy's. Basically, had to wear sunglasses. Like that was so bright. I don't know what was going on there. Britain's was boring as all hell. Germany's looked like they were representing Australia. I don't know why Germany were wearing like green and gold. Um, I liked Canada's. I liked the 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 jacket that we were talking about off air that you can't even seemingly buy. Uh, Australia's very traditional, very kind of you know formal. Uh, Jared, I mean, I, any ones that you can remember that that stood out to you uh a lot of the stands were great um kazakhstan their um particularly like their flag bearers looked great but then all of the stands who were wearing kind of i suppose similar to like a fez style hat uh, i think just looked great i agree i i I like and there was um one of the oh i'm trying to find which country it was but it had a great outfit I'll, i'll find that in a second um Colin, were there any to you that stood out for you in terms of uh, the, the the uniforms? Oh, I wish I could remember which one it was, but um, the female flag bearer um, had, I don't even know what you call it. it it's it's like, um, like a wicker basket almost around her chest, and it just had the name of the country written across the front. It was one of the last countries that came out. I can't remember who it was. Was it America? Uh, <laughs> not quite. Um, I the one I'm thinking of is uh, Tuvalu. Tuvalu. Uh, I, I liked. They kind of had like a sort of a. a that's cool, the one. I think that's the one I was. Are you thinking yeah. the same one? Okay. Yeah. That might no, be that, it. Yeah. Yeah. No. Great yeah. one. Um, and actually, the one thing I liked, and I was I was a bit weirded out that Australia didn't come out fourth last though, based on how they were doing it. But I kind of liked how they made like the US third last 
France second last and then took like kind of the nod to the next two hosts. Like I like that idea. Maybe it was a bit too late to shove Australia fourth last given that, you know, it's only been like a couple of days. So I kind of like that idea. So I don't know if that's something they will do moving forward. Um, yeah, but I final final take on the opening ceremony. Am I being too bold, bold in saying worst opening ceremony ever? Because like, I'll say... Like, I, I can't quite remember the Antwerp 1921. It's been a long time since I've watched that uh, opening <laughs> ceremony. Uh, you know, St. Louis was a long time since I watched it. Athens 1896. I mean, it was good, but uh, it's been a long time. But I, I did, you know, used to watch the Olympic Channel quite often earlier this year and they would always have a random opening ceremony on. I think I saw the Lillehammer opening ceremony about 80 times and I hope that if we ever do go back and do commentary and opening ceremonies, we can discuss that Lillehammer one because those Norwegians have got some dark, fucked up minds. There's some crows and there's some weird <laughs> stuff going on in that opening ceremony, which I still don't understand. Um, but, Jared, I mean, look, of the opening ceremonies that you know, where would you rate this? Is this the worst you've seen or is that a big call fresh after watching it? I think so. Like, I started, I suppose, watching from, like, 2000 onwards, so... Yeah, out of all those, this is bottom of the pile. Colin? Yeah. Yeah, and again, you know, I'll, I'll give the benefit of the doubt. You know, they probably didn't want to go all out the way it was originally planned. But regardless of it, whether it's an excuse or not, I mean, I'm not going to be re-watching this at any point. Sometimes I'll pop on the opening ceremonies for some Olympics and just sort of flick through and I'm like, oh, yeah, wasn't that great? Wasn't that great? This, there's no need to revisit this one unless it's just to hear the commentary fails. Yeah, just going over the summer ones in this millennium, like, I mean, Sydney, great. We're biased, of course. Athens, I thought, was pretty decent. We had a, a tree and water, and it was kind of cool. Beijing, iconic. Uh, London is probably my favourite opening ceremony I've ever watched. Rio looks amazing now compared to Tokyo, and then Tokyo is pretty rubbish. <laughs> so Paris, no pressure. I want frogs. I want you running away from people. I want... Um, Croissant. Revolution, French Revolution, Zach Beddings all the way, <laughs> Marie Antoinette. Uh, yeah, I want all the Frenchiness that I can fret. I want Jean Reno out there just like being French. Um, just, just French it up. I want all Bring the Frenchiness. Pepe Le Pew. Pepe Le Pew mm-hmm. is his big return to the world <laughs> in 2024. And LA, I want just Hollywood, Hollywood, Hollywood. I, I want LeBron. I want all the Lakers. I want everything. Like LA's all the pressure. And Brisbane, fuck, brilliant. It's going to be amazing. We already talked about that the other night. Um, ben and Jared. That's ben and Jared, the iconic duo reunite after breaking up uh, <laughs> from their, their time together and off the podium. They're finally back performing uh, together. Um, we've got a few things to talk about in terms of go over some results uh, from sort of the, the day before the ceremonies and we'll look ahead to our first day of competition and some of the other news. Um, in terms of the, I guess, the team one since we last spoke the other day for both Canada and Australia, I mean, Australia is like celebrating like we've won the fucking World Cup, Jared. Like, not only did the Matildas come out and beat our traditional rivals of New Zealand only by one goal. Come on, that was a pretty poor effort. We beat freaking Argentina in soccer, Jared. This is like, like, Australia's won the Olympics already, haven't we? That's it. Cancel the games. We're done. We beat Argentina. We did. This is so, like, completely unexpected. Um, from what I watched, I uh, not undeserved, but I do feel like Argentina kind of were the better team, but that's just soccer for you. Um, but now, like in typical Australian fashion, 
<laughs> just from that one win that we shouldn't with from a match we shouldn't have won. Now it's they're an outside chance for a gold medal. Like straight away hyping them up. I'm like, you know what's going to happen now is that we're going to lose all the other pool matches, fail to even make it out of the group stage. Yep. But yeah, look. Straight away, they're like, oh, the, t- the team always knew that they had it in them. Um, they're going for gold now. They're genuine medal contenders. I'm like, are we really? I'm like, let's just turn it back a little bit. Be happy with the win, celebrate, but let's focus on like just getting out of the group stage still. And, and let's be honest, if we are to win our very first football medal, it will not be the men. It no. will be the women. Uh, we, we are okay in women's football, um, but we are in the group of death, remember? But the US did get thrashed by Sweden, so, you know, who knows how that will come about there. Uh, and in softball, the good news is that we learned how to win against Italy. One nothing. So that chance again, our bronze medal showdown with the Canadians. It's a big game tomorrow. We'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, but Canada, sadly, in the softball, lost yesterday uh, to the US, but only by one. So, you know, it was a close match. Colin, were you keeping an eye there on uh, the, the Canadian softballers out there and their disappointing loss to your southern rivals? Yeah, well, it was disappointing. I was uh, recording it so that I could watch it as, as anybody sane does watch any type of baseball uh hmm. so you can skip through <laughs> half of the game uh but unfortunately i thought i turned all the notifications off on my phone i did turn them off from cbc apparently i didn't turn them off from tsn because tsn spoiled it for me as soon as it was over so i never ended up watching it uh, i did i did get to see some of the rowing though last night yeah you know, canada had three athletes row all of them advanced that was exciting yeah, well, I was going to mention the rowing in just a second, but we'll get to that. But I'm glad that you oh, caught that. Sorry because, to steal your thunder. Well, you should, Colin. I'm very organized today, all Maybe right? Maybe I so should I... just host this going forward. Well, you can host it tomorrow then. I don't think you've ever hosted I'm one of these. busy, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. You're a very busy man. Uh, I'm just looking at uh, the other game in the softball. Is it a game or a match in softball? What's the technical term here? Um, whatever. Uh, Japan beat Mexico 3-2 if you're playing at home. So the standings in the softball with the grudge match tomorrow, Australia <laughs> versus Canada. This is going to be the one yes. that's going to go for bronze. We are both equal third right now. We are, we are tightly fought, but we're just ahead of you because, no, that can't be right because we had more runs scored against us. Yeah, surely our goal, di- <laughs> our not goal difference, but run difference isn't great. Well, how it works is according to the standings, if you finish in the top two, you go to the gold medal match. If you finish third and third or third and fourth, you go into the bronze medal match. And then if you last, you, you suck. So basically right now the standings are we are equal third. We are playing for bronze. So tomorrow's game is a preview for the iconic bronze matchup between us that we'll be battling out. How you feeling, Colin? Australia versus Canada, oh. traditional softball rivals. Yeah, I know. This is uh this is a grudge match. This is uh <laughs> a lot of history between be, the teams. <laughs> it needs to be contested inside of a steel cage, barbed wire, <laughs> something. Uh it's God. gonna be brutal. But I'm I'm excited because we get to well, one or two of us will get to have bragging rights uh on the next episode. <laughs> well, this is the thing. Jared's like hundred percent Australian. You're a hundred percent Canadian. I'm sort of half, well, not really half and half, more like 80-20. But, like, I mean, you know, I'm wearing a Canadian shirt right now. Um, in the soccer, uh, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it, uh, all the men's results yesterday, uh, New Zealand picked up their very first win ever in Olympic soccer. Jared, and we last. Could either, and last. We could hear the screams across the Dutch, couldn't we, Just Like when they won two bronze at the Winter Olympics. 
Yeah, we thought Australia was celebrating hard about beating Argentina. New Zealand, national holiday. Yeah. <laughs> I, I messaged Nick. I'm like, Nick, do you watch it? Oh, no. You won. Oh, cool. Like, that was Nick's <laughs> reaction. Pretty much New Zealand's reaction. Um, the other, the important one, I think, uh, the gold medal rematch from Rio, and I have got a bit of a soft spot, obviously, for my Germans in the soccer, but uh, sadly went down to Brazil 4-2. Um, and Mexico and France, another big one. Mexico 4-1 over the French. So, uh, yeah, we don't really care too much about that, do we? Um, now, you mentioned the rowing, Colin. Now, uh, yeah, talk up your Canadians. Mention, go over your Canadians again. How many How many did you get through to the uh, the repercharges or the finals or the semifinals? Because it, it depends on the category of rowing, doesn't it, when it comes to uh, what yeah. you do? Uh, now I know I, I I wish I could remember the names and the single skulls both uh, a man and woman advance and then it was uh, I believe in the fours uh, the men's team advanced as well. Uh, I, I I what I really want to talk up is the commentary uh, because rowing is not necessarily one of these sports that you have some exciting commentary for, but I'm going to be keeping my eye on the uh, the color commentator uh, what's his name here Adam Creek who had won in the men's eights in I think it was London or Beijing something like that. Uh, I don't think I've heard him before, but wow, he makes the sport exciting. I mean, I, I've never heard somebody get animated. At one point, he's talking about uh, how the paddles hit the water. And you, you, when you're watching rowing, it's five or six minutes of, okay, and they're slightly pulling ahead. But he's talking about how the paddles hit the water and how the water flings up. And then he starts doing sound effects. He goes, and, and he, he's calm at one point. It was, and then the paddle goes in the water. Fling! <laughs> and then back in the water. Fling! <laughs> Uh, I've got another recording of that. Maybe I'll actually you know, pull that to share with you on the next uh, episode. Wow, this guy's gold. I, I, we need to get him on to do some commentary. I just, I just want to have all sports with some person doing like commentary. This is great. Um, Jared, did you watch any of the of the rowing? I, I didn't get up in time for the rowing, and I was going to watch the archery, but. Channel 7 decided not to show any archery, even on their apps of everything. Oh, 45 channels of live, like, no archery, apparently. It was too busy watching, like, you know, Antiques Roadshow or something on 7 Mate. But uh, did you watch any of the rowing this morning? I did see a little bit, but I had the opposite problem. I started watching it too early. So I was seeing all, all the single skulls and all the events that we weren't in. So it was very uninteresting for the most part. Well, <laughs> there, I did I, see one of the Australians advance. I don't know uh, which one it was in, though. Well, I'll, I'll go through these quickly. Um, so in the women's quad skulls, Australia finished fourth. So they're through to the repercharge round. Uh, in the quad skulls for the men, Australia got second. So we are into the final. That might have been the one that you might have been mentioned. We got beaten by the Dutch. All the iconic oh. Dutch who are winning 500 medals this time around. <laughs> um, in the women's double skulls, uh, Australia are through to the semi-final, which is good. We finished third to Lithuania. And the Dutch. Uh, Canada in the women's double skulls, uh, semifinals as well. You got second to Romania, the octopussy of uh, countries. <laughs> uh, now, the ones you were mentioning in the women's single skulls, Carling Zeman for Canada was oh, second. Right. Uh, so she is qualified through uh, to the final. Uh, and Trevor Jones, iconic Canadian rower. No oh, yeah, they were talking him up big time. Men's single skulls, he's through. Uh, so good for him. I'm glad. I'm glad he got through. Of all the ones there, uh, he was the one I was I was really hoping out there for. Uh, I will mention just in the archery quickly. Uh, so they had the ranking rounds for both men and women. Uh, did you actually get to see archery? Colin was archery being shown there because again I'm pissed off at Canada. I like archery. Archery is one of the sports I love watching. I'm still trying to navigate the um, CBC app here. 
because all they were showing yesterday was rowing, but I did find that you, if you go on what the schedule is, it'll show you what there will be live coverage for it. And I'm seeing a lot more coming up. So I think there's some events that you can only stream, but they won't show it later on. Whereas the major ones like rowing yesterday, you know, you could go back two hours after you could, an hour after it started, you could start from the beginning. Whereas I think some of those other, whatever they consider minor events, which tomorrow looks like it's going to be badminton and stuff like that. Uh, you can live stream it. You just won't be able to watch it as a recap. Yeah, it's kind of like what they're doing now. It's like yeah, a lot of the stuff that, you know, you're never going to see handball live on Channel 7, but you can watch it on the app, you know, things like that. Um, I should mention before, I think I said I was pissed off at Canada. I mean, I was pissed off at Channel 7. Um, I'm not pissed off at Canada yet until you beat us in softball tomorrow. Uh, the women's ranking of the archery. So uh, the number one was uh, Korean San An. Uh, she got a score of 680, an Olympic record. Good for you. Um, but when it comes to the ones that we're really focusing on, Canadian Stephanie Barrett was 46 on a score of 630. Bit under par there from Stephanie. I was expecting a little bit more of her, to be honest. But, uh, you know, she's got plenty of time to catch up. And Australian icon, Alice Ingley. You, you can't talk about archer in this country, Jared, without talking about Alice Ingley. I mean, the name just echoes on the halls of great archers in this country. Uh, 57th out of 64. So a bit of ground to catch up on there. Uh, 616th. Uh, 616 points, I should say, is where she finished there. Uh, were you expecting more from her? I was expecting more from her, Jared. <laughs> I was a little bit, but you don't want to pick too early. Like, what's the point of setting an Olympic record in the ranking rounds? Yeah, right. I mean, come on. Like, showing off. Like, oh, look at me. I'm so good. I'm going to win a medal, like, Save straight away. Save that for the knockouts that. when you need yeah. it. Come on. Like, you just, just, just check yourself before you wreck yourself. Like, I mean, it's just, I'm just, I'm disappointed in you, Korea. Like, come on. Um, and for some reason, uh, oh, it's okay. So in the teams, uh, neither Canada or Australia were in the women's team. So that uh, doesn't really help me when it comes to Sexist. that. Sexist. I know, right? <laughs> uh, in the mixed team, Canada, 17th, did not make it through to the next round. Australia, 25th, did not make it through to the next round. So, disapp- I mean, come on, I expect more from our archers. I really do. Uh, In the men's, Canada did a little bit better. Crispin Duanus, the Crispin Duanus, 16th, 665 points. Another Korean by the name of uh, Kim Ji-Dok, first on 688 points there. Uh, And for the Australians, Taylor Worth, who I believe was part of our bronze medal winning team from a few years ago, 39th with a score of 651. Uh... Ryan Tyak, who I also believe was part of that same team from Rio, 650 points in 42nd. David Barnes, 50th on 648 points. Uh, so uh, doing well for them. Uh, now, before we get and look to the day, because we've got plenty of things to talk about, what we've got to look forward to tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if you two looked at any athletes of the day or anything like that. I know we're a bit early. It's not day one. It's it's day minus one. But, uh, I, Colin, you were shaking your head there. Jared, did you have anyone that you were sort of looking at potentially? Because I've got a good one today. I don't, so go ahead. All right. Now, we're talking about the rowing. And, you know, rowing is one of these sports where you don't often feel that you're that far behind. Like maybe a, a 10 second if you're a bit slower, 15, 20, you know, whatever. In the single skulls, our beloved female single skulls, I'm looking here at uh, the uh, heat Heat number one. The winner of that heat was American Cara Cola in a time of 7 minutes, 49 and 71 seconds through to the final. Followed 
two seconds behind by Belarus's Tatsiana Kilmovich. Two seconds behind. Then we had uh, next row was nine seconds behind. Our next row after that, 22 seconds behind. Then we go back to fifth. A minute and eight seconds behind. Nigerian rower Esther Toko. Okay, fair enough. In last place, two minutes and 28 seconds behind the winner. I feel that she's still rowing out there when the opening ceremony was going on. We've got the Sudanese rower of Ezra Kogali, who, bless her heart, did it in 10 minutes and 18 seconds. Good for her. Now, I've looked up. I've looked up Esra here. Now, uh, not many photos. You can't find many photos of her online. Very protective, the Sudanese rowing community, I believe, here. But according to her official Tokyo 2020 Olympic bio, her hobbies include archery and swimming. So it's it's she's not just a rower. She can compete in all of them. She uh, went to the Sudan University College for Girls. That's That's good to know. She speaks both Arabic and English, and she actually works at the Sudanese International Centre for Diving Technology, which is always good. And, again, the only link that you can have to any information about her is a direct link to her Facebook page. So I'm looking at her Facebook page right now. She's got a lovely picture of her rowing, which, of course, she is because she's an Olympian. So given that we don't have much choice today, I'm, I'm giving the athlete Let's of the day. Let's go with it. Are we, are we happy with uh, with Ezra, Ezra Kagali, Sudanese rower. Yeah. yeah, I'm still trying to find that uh, Facebook page, but yes. It's, I mean, good for her. I, I tell you what, Jared, if we want to make the Brisbane Olympics, maybe we should go row for Sudan. We might have a chance, potentially. What do you think? We, we can fit some training in? I think it's an idea. Colin talked about how hard it was for the commentators to fill the dead air in the <laughs> opening ceremony. Imagine <laughs> filling in those couple of minutes. <laughs> Uh, now I will say just before we get to looking at the events and previewing tomorrow, um, a few news items which I thought were kind of interesting. Uh, one that I looked at the other day, actually, just when we finished recording, Jared, I wish we talked about this the other night. Uh, Poland made a bit of a faux pas with their swimming team. They uh, actually selected too many swimmers. They had to send sw- six swimmers home because they, they fucked up. Like, shit, we've selected too many swimmers. Bit of a problem there, Jared, that they send too many to the Olympics. I mean, how do you do that? Oh, surely there were some vacancies in modern pentathlon they could have thrown them in. <laughs> Just, you know, shove them in there. Why not? Um, there's also apparently a typhoon about to hit Tokyo in the coming days, which is uh, causing a bit of concern. Mm. For the so, surf, though, I heard during the opening ceremony. <laughs> the surfers will be very happy with that. Absolutely. Um, the We had, of course, our problem the other day with one of our Australian question writers taking a bit of the cocaine, but our female riders have been given the go-ahead to compete in the uh, jumping, but apparently we're not going to have a team jumping anymore, which is a bit of a, a bit of a shame there for that one. Um, there's a bit of drama in the archery today. A Russian archer, sorry, a ROC archer. Russia is not competing in these Olympics, of course. Svetlana Gombeva collapsed due to the heat and she was pushed under a tree to cool down. So I don't know. If, again, I was going to say, did you watch it, Jared? We couldn't see it because, you know, that that's entertaining archery, isn't it? Shove you under a tree and try and shoot your arrows from under a tree. That would work. That is, she's just lucky that the tree was still there given how many they chopped down to make those rings. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Uh, and the other one too, did you did you read about uh, Guinea? I know they mentioned this in the opening ceremony, but Guinea withdrew from the Olympics yesterday. They're like, no, nah, we're not we're not going. No, no, don't want to do it. Only to go. Actually, no, we will. We will go on the Olympics. So can they do that? Is that a thing? Like, did the IOC just let you just go, yeah, nah, 
and then they do it. Like, I mean, I don't know. Should we really research this a little bit more? You'd think there'd be more paperwork than that. Yeah. Like, I mean, by the time they process that shit, like, sorry, you can't go in there anymore. Um, it was uh, around coronavirus, obviously. What else would it be around? We know that's why North Korea aren't there. Uh, they did it on Wednesday, but then eventually reversed their decision. So, um, sure, why not? The only other thing I was going to mention here is uh, the ABC have an article uh, of what sports should be dropped from the Olympics. Uh, did you see this article at all, Jared, by chance? I did not. Now, um, let's go through this quickly. Baseball and softball. They've been fighting for 12 years to get back in the Olympics and the ABC straight away are like, get rid of it. So I disagree with the ABC there. Uh, J- uh, Colin, uh, this is a, a, an article on sports that should be dropped from the Olympics, according to one of our major news sites today. So the first one, baseball, softball. Uh, get rid of it already. They've come back for one Olympics and then tell them to piss off. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, I think that uh, golf would be one that I'd be okay with losing. It's well, not necessarily something I need to. Oh, is that coming up? Maybe coming up. Maybe. Okay. One that I actually kind of agree with because if there's one sporting event in the world that is bigger than the Olympics, it is the World Cup. Football. Now, yes, I can understand getting rid of it because you've got its own big thing, but at the same time, it is the most popular sport in the world. So, therefore, it kind of deserves its place. I mean, Jared, football, soccer, whatever you want to call it. I mean, yay or nay for the Olympics. I think keep it. I think in many respects it's more interesting in the Olympics because of the age rule. Yep. So the fact that, I mean, the top teams are still going to be the top teams, but there's a little bit more uh, variety in what can happen, as we saw the other night. I think you do the age rule and then scrap the under-23 World Cup and just, you know, because you've got the Olympics. And I, I know with the women's age, like, it's not, there's no age rule. You're, you're allowed all your, your main players there or not. Colin, I mean, look, Canada's won medals in soccer. I mean, your women's team are good. So, I mean, I'm guessing you yeah, probably want to keep it there. <laughs> it's become one of the more popular sports here in Canada after the last couple of Olympics. So, definitely keep that. I don't know how they ever could lose that. I mean, that's where all the, it's, it would be like losing figure skating in the Winter Olympics. That's where all your viewers come from. Yeah, exactly. Golf is on the list as you you wanted, Colin. I mean, look, I, I don't think any of us actually watch golf during Rio. I'm going to make sure I'm going to watch this one. Golf. Hello, Jamie. Welcome to Off the Podium. Did you like the opening ceremony? Did you like the opening ceremony? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, Good have reaction. you been able to determine if that was a man or a woman yet? <laughs> I swear I saw something else. Yeah. Whoa, <laughs> what were you looking at? Well, yeah, where, where, what are you watching? I saw, I saw two... Two girls, and it was a red and white uniform, and one had really, really short hair. Like, <laughs> like I want to talk to your manager, Karen. <laughs> Karen. It was Karen. Karen Mills. All right. that's, you were that's not looking was. at Australia then. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, got to go. Bye. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Kate Campbell kind of does look like a Karen. So, you know. Um, <laughs> golf. I mean, look, golf. I don't know. Jared, golf. I mean, I can see it, but at the same time, I've I can't not watch it. it. I can we commentate golf these Olympics? Can we just go out of our way to commentate golf? Do we have six hours? We could do a couple of holes. Like, it's not that hard. <laughs> can we make sound effects like your rowing commentator? Whoosh. Woo. Boom, 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 boom. Um, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one. Um, te- tennis, I like tennis in the Olympics. And yeah. like, I like the fact that people, it's more taken more seriously now. Whereas, like, I think when it first came into it, the big stars didn't care about it. But now, yeah, I mean, we're all nodding there. Tennis stay. Yep, ABC, yeah. go away. Um, anyway, all right. Uh, so bef- let's let's look ahead to day one of competition. We've got eleven 
medals to be decided today uh, or tomorrow. So it's getting confusing. It's early in the morning for us. We're going to be up in a few hours to watch this. Uh, our first medal that will be awarded today is get excited. It's the blue ribbon event of the Olympic Games. It is, of course, the men's 10-meter air pistol. Um, I mean, we're all, we've are all we all been looking forward to that for five years, haven't we? Jared, you've been just counting down the minutes. You know it. Absolutely. I mean, Colin, who's your pick? Who's your pick for the 10-meter the air pistol? Come on. From the whichever one, whichever one has the Walther PPK. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we'll have medals decided in archery, cycling, fencing, judo, shooting, taekwondo, and weightlifting. So uh, I, I'm thinking for an Australia's perspective, I'm looking at the road race as our only. Don't know how we're going in the weightlifting in the women's 49k. Don't don't feel we're going with a chance there, but. Hashtag where's Richie? Is it back tomorrow, Jared? Uh, do you think that uh, that's that's where our chances are? Iconic Tasmanian as well. So uh, I don't know. What are, what are we feeling for Richie tomorrow? Yeah, I think a good shot. And there's Rowan Dennis. Is that right? He's the yep. road race guy. He's um, the one that I think they're talking up a little bit more. I think mm. Richie's in the time trial, isn't he? Whereas uh, sort of they're talking about Rowan. So it's been, I, I, mean, I don't know uh, when the last time we won a, a track cycling in the men's. I know we've had a couple in the women's in the last 20 or so years. But, um, yeah, I mean, t- started off with a bang with not only Aussie but a Tasmania. Hashtag where's Richie? So, Colin, is, is the cycling road race a, a big talking point in, in Canada? Is there any prospects for, for you guys in the road race? Not really, but uh, one of our most famous Olympians of all time, Clara Hughes, uh, who's actually from Winnipeg, uh, she was sort of the biggest star to come ever come out of cycling. Uh, and she's also somebody who has won medals in both the summer and the winter games. She was a speed skater as well. Uh, so because of that, it still gets coverage here. It's just I don't know if we've had any type of major medal contenders coming into these games the thing that i'm also very excited for with this road race is as as a big formula one fan are they are taking it part of it at the fuji international speedway which is a very iconic uh track motor racing track uh so uh yeah it'll be interesting to kind of see that going on and how that will uh form the background mount fuji all that sort of stuff i'm looking here you've got three canadians in the race tomorrow colin you've got gulami bovin hugo Hoyle, and michael woods i can pronounce that one uh, <laughs> and our Australians, of course, Richie Port, uh, Luke Doridge, and Lucas Hamilton uh, there. So not Rowan. Rowan's not in that one, actually. Maybe it was one of the other. We're so good at our cyclists here. We, we clearly be know. a time trial specialist. Yeah, possibly. Maybe we got that around the other way around, potentially. Um, tennis kicking off tomorrow as well. I'm looking here. Sammy Stozer hits the court tomorrow. So does Ash Barty with Storm Sanders, Storm Sanders in the doubles. John Milliman's out there tomorrow as well. you got a couple of Canadians out there in the doubles as well. Novak's playing tomorrow. Uh, I mean, do you just time yourself around the tennis, Jared, and kind of everything else just falls into place? Yeah, that's generally the way to go. Yeah, um, Colin, as well for you? Uh, I mean, I'll catch if it's on. It's not one of these things that uh, I feel like I have to watch it live. I'm okay if I watch it later and just avoid spoilers. Got a lot of uh, table tennis happening tomorrow. Got some Aussies and That Canadians. I'm excited about it. I don't know why, but maybe it's because it's one of the few sports that – 
gets no coverage in between the Olympics, I'm actually really pumped for table tennis. Table tennis is one of the sports I got to see at the Commonwealth Games, and it's it's great. Like it's it is seriously fun to watch live. Uh, that and badminton were two sports that I got to see live. Squash as well. I know you love Jared, obviously not in the Olympics, but they're fun to watch live. They actually are really good. So one of the ones I think we'll tune into the the app tomorrow. Um, swimming, obviously, the, it's all heats tomorrow. We've got no finals, uh, but uh, interesting to see how all that plays out. Um, we've got, I mean, Jared, you talk about the tennis. Individual dressage starts tomorrow. How are you going to work out your day? <laughs> what, I mean, what are you thinking right now? Going to have to be a split screen scenario, I think. Picture in yeah. picture. I mean, I mean, looking here for Australia, Mary Hannah on the horse Kalanta. I mean, you think of good, iconic good equestrian duos. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Simone Pierce on Destano for Australia riding tomorrow, and uh, Kelly Lane riding on Semitus. So that's always positive. I mean, I've heard they're good together. And for Canada, Lindsay Kellogg on Sebastian. Uh, very good Canadian horse name there, is that Colin? <laughs> Sebastian. <laughs> Ride like the wind, Sebastian. <laughs> Bye-bye, little Sebastian. Chris Von Martels on Eclipse for Canada as well. Uh, so, I mean, I mean, dressage. Can we commentate dressage if we're going to? We need to. At some point, we need to. <laughs> like, dressage is up there as well. Um, yeah, a few badmintons uh, happening tomorrow as well. Some Australians and Canadians in that one. The team sports, I will say. So, obviously, it's a, the big grudge match. Canada, Australia, and softball happening tomorrow, which, in all seriousness, this is our probably our bronze medal match. USA against Mexico, Japan playing Italy. In the beach volleyball, we've got uh, Canadians hitting the court, the field, yes. the sand, Pavan That's and all the excitement here. It is? So these are yeah. two that are a good chance for medals? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of our top. Not not only that, when you're when you're done going over the events, I've got something exciting to talk about with them. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm all ears in a second. For Australia, we've got McEwen Schumann up, up against Norway. Actually, you've got two Canadians playing tomorrow, I should say. You've got Bansley and Brandy. Uh, mm-hmm. up against China, and so Canada's playing the Dutch. Oh, look out for the Dutch. Um, a lot of boxing happening tomorrow as well. Uh, the preliminaries, we've got uh, Canadian uh, Wyatt Sanford uh, hitting the ring tomorrow in the uh, 63, the welterweight categories there. And uh, football-wise, soccer-wise, back to the women's. Canada up against Chile, or Chile, and Australia up against the USA destroys Sweden tomorrow. So he'll see how that goes. Hockey-wise, uh, Australia taking on Japan in the men's. Canada taking on Germany in the men's. Good luck there, Canada. Um, and in the non-beach volleyball, the normal volleyball, is that is that politically correct? Canada are playing Italy tomorrow. Uh, I do not believe Australia has a team in the normal volleyball. And water polo, you thought the softball grudge match was big between Australia and Canada Women's preliminary round, Group A, in the water polo, Australia versus Canada. Colin, how are yes. you feeling for your water polo girls tomorrow? Grudge, grudge match number two. <laughs> yes. Jared, do we have more chance in softball or water polo? Are we going to take both wins tomorrow? Well, I'm clearly both, but I think if we had to put an assurance on one, I'm going with the water polo. Damn, I like it. I just want to mention one of my favourite sports watching the Olympics kicks off tomorrow with handball. Obviously, no Australia or Canada in either it. But I'm going to look closely to a couple of matches here tomorrow. Obviously, you know, you've got your, your big guns, Norway, Denmark, you know, those sort of countries. But let's watch Bahrain play Sweden in handball. I mean, if you're thinking of iconic sporting matches to go to in the world, I'm going to list Bahrain versus Sweden in men's Olympic handball as one up there. Or possibly... Portugal versus Egypt. Traditional handball rivals. Blood sport tomorrow. You watch what's going to go on there. Colin, talk to me. 
What's happening? Give me some goss. All I right. want to learn stuff from you. So we don't know if we have the messages to the athletes, but a commercial came up during the opening ceremonies. I said that there's a tons of these sponsorship things that are debuting within the last 24, 48 hours. And uh, aside from our good friend, Evan Dunphy being this new sponsor for craft dinner, which has a great commercial, by the way, uh, I saw another one for one of our divers, Megan Benfado. And uh, it was for craft peanut butter. Oh, and they, they show on there that you can send your cheers since there's no crowds present to the Canadian athletes. So if you guys want to look up sticktogether.ca, they've only got two athletes on there right now, but you can also just send, send your random cheers to Team Canada. I don't know if it's because these are the two that uh, they've sponsored or if they're just going to have different athletes all the time, but our, one of our volleyball teams, our beach volleyball teams is on there. We can record our own cheers for the athletes. Okay. So if we don't get messages to the athletes, we can fill in whatever we can, you well, know, talk about shirtless Tongan man, whatever. <laughs> Colin, I'm liking this idea. And I, I was going to suggest something too for our Aussie one, because I'm a bit confused about this deal. So like, let's give it a bit of a crack right now. Let's see how we can go here to close off. So we're, so we, are we willing to send this to is it Melissa Humana Paredes and Sarah Pavan? Is this, is it my yeah, because they got correctly? the beach volleyball coming up. They, they would be the, the, the first ones up. Okay, so it's got, uh, to begin your recording cheer, tap below. Hear the cheers we've sent so far. Do you reckon if I play one of these right now, this will come across? I reckon, I don't know if you guys would be able to hear this. Um, I'll play it on my side. Okay, let's play. I'm just going to play this now. So, again, you two are going to probably pretend that you're going to listen to something. Let's see if this works for you right now. You got this, Sarah. We're rooting for you. It's basically crowd noise, and you record a message over it. It's a random person saying, yeah, go. Oh, hang on. cheering for you. You're going to be great. You're going to do it. Go for gold. Thanks, Steve G from Toronto. That was Steve G from the, the Steve G from Toronto. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give this a crack because I, unfortunately I, I need to work this up so that we can all be on the line together when I send this. But I think this mm-hmm. will only be me. So let's try that. I don't know if this will work given how my setup works, but uh, okay, let's try this. Yeah, go Canada and beach volleyball, volleyball that beach. Woo! <laughs> Does that work? says send cheer all right okay oh <laughs> we just need a little information all right let's fuck it. let's put my real name here i'm not afraid to send that one <laughs> why not i'm not ashamed i like this can we do this every day just use me as a guinea pig what's my phone well i've still got a canadian phone number let's put that on there <laughs> i think it's dead now i can give that on there what province why well, i've still got roots in british columbia why not city victoria i'm still there i've still got an address Still on a lease over there, so it still works. All right. Sweet. Do I acknowledge the terms and conditions? Sure. Uh, I represent warrant that I'm age of consent? Sure. Uh, do I want to receive Kraft Heinz emails? No, I don't. Jared, would you like to receive some? Or? <laughs> Only if they're sending out free product. Your cheer was sent. Okay. There we go. They're going right. to hear this. Okay. Is it on there? Can you see it already? Uh, I, don't, I think they just put a couple of examples up. I don't know if everyone's going to be on there. They probably would screen it. Mm. Well, there's, there's <laughs> one here hope. from Megan's dad. Like, what does this happen here? Let's hear this one from uh, Laval. Megan, it's daddy. I think this is random because I don't see it. <laughs> okay, you two couldn't hear that. It was literally, Megan, it's daddy. Go. <laughs> like, that's all. Oh, I see said. it now, yeah. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, well, you know, everyone, do that at home. We'll do that every day now, I think. Okay, so I want to I want to try this Australia one. So, Colin, I don't know if you were on the episode the other day when we were trying to work this out. So, Australia on our website have this teamoz.olympics.com.au, the fan hub, right? 
And they haven't updated it, Jared, since the other day. It's still guess how many medals we're going to win and here's some Olympic facts. Uh, oh, actually, Jared, just quick, let's test Colin on here. We got this wrong the other day. Colin, trivia question. The high jump Olympic record is held by Charles Austin at 2.38 metres. Is this A, the height of an average ceiling in your house, B, the height of a bus, <laughs> or C, the height of a car? <laughs> He's thinking. Uh, He's measuring. <laughs> oh, you're right, because we got that wrong. We thought a bus, but it is. It's a ceiling, <laughs> so good job. Anyway, all right, so they've got this thing on here, the virtual seat. So if I click on this, right, this Ooh. is what it comes up. Don't get too excited, Colin, because Australia is a cheap bastard. <laughs> so, basically, show your support for the Australian Olympic team, secure your seat in the Team Oz stand, and send your good luck message. You get a personalised graphic for social media, bonus, an invitation to join a call with an Aussie Olympian, bonus. Maybe we we'll get it with that great female basketballer, Patty Mills. And a $10 voucher for the Australian Olympic team shop, which is not much because all the stuff is like $60. But, Colin, to do this, we have to pay $10 to do this. <laughs> wow. I mean, So I'm going to do it. We, I'm going to do it We've got a couple today. of days here. I'm sure I'll make that up uh, in, in between recording You'll episodes. You'll be able to pay us back. So I'm, I'm going I'm <laughs> to do this. Now, shall I use my real name again? I'm, I'm not ashamed of this. Let's do it. All right. This is live on air. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, I don't even know my mobile number off by heart since I've moved back to this country. Oh, there it is. Cool. Real email address. What year was I born? Uh, 1912. There we go. Uh, favorite sport? Optional. Ooh, optional. I like optional. Modern pentathlon. I've got there a T-shirt. Go. Got to put it on there. State, Tasmania. All right. Name you would like to appear on your seat. Ooh. So I don't have to put my real name. I'm going to put it on there. Why not? Fan message. Optional. 100 words max. Now, Ooh. what do we put on there? Hashtag bring back Chloe. Uh, <laughs> Can somebody confirm for me if Patty Mills is a man or woman? I've heard <laughs> stories from Canadians. Well, in saying that, I have to tick a box here that says I agree to. We'll only use these digital assets to send a fair message of support to the Australian Olympic team. I will not use foul language, derogatory language, or language <laughs> may be deemed offensive. I will not seek to promote a non-Olympic brand in Ah oh, no, hashtag listen to off the podium. <laughs> Damn it. I understand that the AOC owns all intellectual properties, okay? I give permission for the Australian Olympic Committee to republish the graphics, including my name and fan message, across each of their digital platforms. Cool. And if I breach any of the points of the above, AOC has a right to request that I remove the Team stand graphic from a digital pl- So they, they, they can't remove it. They request that I remove it. So I could just say, no. Well, <laughs> will they pay you back? <laughs> I want my money back. And as Jared <laughs> rightfully pointed out the other day, You'd think the AOC would just hire a, a moderator instead of charging you $10. <laughs> um, all right. Let's see here. I, I don't know if I'll get away with the whole Patty Mills gender thing. Um, shall we say, like, great job, Kate, for not dropping the flag. Hopefully you won't choke <laughs> in the swimming as well. <laughs> Fuck it. Um, great job, <laughs> Kate, in not dropping the flag. Uh, is that all I can write? Flag. Hopefully you will keep up that luck in the race you swim. Remember, swim, 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 <laughs> and you will win, win, win. <laughs> I'm paying $10 for this. <laughs> Better be good. 
All right. I'm hoping that by paying $10, I can get, like, access to, like, the, the others or something like that. Um, all right. We, we, we won't go over my credit card details. I, mean, I don't need to get my wallet. Hang on. Talk about yourself. Uh, How's it going, Jared? <laughs> so good. This is the content I look forward to. 2.45 in the morning. Jared's begging to go to bed. Uh, he's like, fuck, why am I awake still? I've got tennis to watch tomorrow and dressage. Yeah, may as well just stay up now. May as well. All right. <laughs> Paying ten dollars, including GST. Come on, all right. Let's. This better give. This doesn't give me access to anything. I'm suing the AOC. Oh, you I can, can claim that back on tax, right? I, 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 tax deductible. The AOC is a non-profit. <laughs> I can download my seat. What does that even mean? Um, I just have a graphic that's got a yellow seat with two o three eight on it. Says Ben Waterworth. Hashtag Tokyo together in quotes. Great job, Kate, in not <laughs> dropping the flag. Hopefully you will keep up that luck in the race you swim. Remember, swim, 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 and you will win, win, win. You Just know what? Download. You can screenshot that and put it up on our Instagram. Is that it? What do I get $10 for? That's <laughs> ridiculous. Oh, hang on. Okay. What you get, your personalized graphic, you'll be invited to join a Team Oz fan call with an Olymp- So I don't even get to choose? you just got to like go like, here's random badminton player, talk to them? <laughs> I'm recording that and we're playing that on off the podium. I don't care what they say. Um, and wow, I've got a $10 voucher, minimum spend $40. Uh, <laughs> I can't even like buy anything. I just wasted $10 to get a graphic I could have made on Photoshop. I want to see the other the, ones. Oh. Think of all the fun that people are going to have with our Instagram now. I'm so pissed off with the AOC right now. Um, wow. Okay. Um, well, this has been fun. Um, it's quarter to three in the morning. Uh, I'm looking forward to day one. In all seriousness, the opening ceremony did not live up to expectations, but we are here. The Olympics are here. Day one. It's finally, finally here. We will be back tomorrow uh, during, I, I don't know if we're working out, we're doing commentary. We'll talk about this off air. Uh, we will be bringing you some form of recap episode tomorrow, maybe with commentary or not. If you like the show and you want to stay up to date, you don't want to miss any of these episodes, subscribe to us on the podcast channel. Search for Off the Podium on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, where all good podcasts are sold and downloaded. We don't charge you $10 like the AOC. You can download us for free because we're that good. Also on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, use hashtag OTP. A big shout out to all the people that we were talking to tonight during the opening ceremony. Had a lot of fun doing that. And we are very much looking forward to bringing you daily coverage over the next 16 glorious days of Olympic action. We're going to come up with athletes of the day. We're going to watch things. Channel 7 fails, CBC fails, you name it, we will have it. Um, shameless plug for Woolies. Go and get your Aussie heroes. I still haven't gotten my Chloe, but thanks to Chloe for liking my tweet, complaining that I haven't gotten your Twitter, uh, your, your sticker today. So even she's pissed off that I haven't got one. So that's the beauty of Chloe. Sad that you're not there in the Olympics. But... Get pumped up, get excited. Jared, go to bed, Spotty, but thank you for joining us and uh, bring on the dressage. Oh, bring on the dressage in droves. And Colin, thank you for pointing out this uh, thing of shouting at Canadian athletes. (laughs) (laughs) That we don't charge for because (laughs) we're not capitalists like Australians. Because you're apparently well-funded. We just won the Olympics. They need to, that's how they're paying for Brisbane. They're like, fuck, we won the Olympics. Shit, charge (laughs) people for sending fan messages. Uh, thank you for joining us on Off the Podium. We'll speak to you tomorrow. Good night. Turning Japanese up and come, turning Japanese up, but the things so